I, I find that sometimes just opening my mouth can uh, defy some of those stereotypes because people are surprised to hear me speak. They're surprised I don't have an accent. They're surprised that I'm not married and nor is any man in my life commanding me to wear a, a headscarf or do what I do. My name is Zahra Bilou and I'm a civil rights attorney by training. Professionally, I work as the executive director of the San Francisco Bay Area Office of Care, the Council on American Islamic Relations. Welcome to Her Time Has Come, a podcast that tells stories of female leaders from different walks of life. I am Willow Taylor, and this is a podcast project for my ninth grade quest project at the Nueva School. Each episode of Her Time Has Come will interview a woman in a position of power from a different field and experience and ask her about her story of getting to the top. Zara Ballou is busy. She walks into the lobby where I wait and quickly takes me to her office. A dignified golden bronze plaque outside the door states DIRECTOR in all caps. Bilou is a Muslim civil rights activist, executive director at CAIR, or CARE, and baker for Cake for Kids, which provides custom-made cakes for foster kids. Cake for Kids, bakes birthday cakes for foster kids so that they get like personally um, designed birthday cakes, right? which is something that I think a lot of us who grew up in two-parent homes with some stability uh, may take for granted. Billu strongly believes in using her privilege to aid those less fortunate. Understanding that I am incredibly privileged as a United States citizen, as someone with a higher education, as someone who has home and food security. And so grappling with this question of how do I utilize my privilege to assist others, knowing that not everyone wants or needs the same things. Another of the most important aspects of her life is her belief in God. I started to wear the headscarf when I was a little kid um, because my mom would wear it and I wanted to be like her. Since then, my reasoning has evolved a lot. And so over time it's been, oh, I, I don't want men to see my hair. Some, some days it's been because I want to stand out as a Muslim. Other days it's been this like, protects me from skin cancer. Like it's really varied a lot over the years. And today in my 30s, honestly, my, my short and I think absolute answer to why I wear a headscarf is because I believe God commands me to cover my hair. And the reason I sort of tell the backstory to that answer is because I find holes in every other reason. Um, it doesn't protect me from men, right? Like men may engage in hate crimes, but I also find it really disrespectful of men um, for me to say that I need protection from them because they are not animals. Um, it doesn't protect me from hate crimes. Um, sure, it protects me from skin cancer, but I end up vitamin D deficient. Um, there have been years in my life where I don't want to be like my mom. So that, that reason doesn't stick either. And so the reason that doesn't have any holes in, in my perspective um, and at its core why I would do anything that I do is because I believe God commands it. She also sees this integrated into her work as well. I think of my work as an act of worship. And so I pray that God accepts my work. I center God in my work. I, I know that I may not get glory or victory um, in this life. 
and how this interconnects with feminism. All people are considered equal before God, but for their varying levels of piety. It is my good work that brings me a higher or lower stature in front of God, not my gender, not my socioeconomic status. It is how, how much I practice and how much I worship and what I do for others. And so as a Muslim, I believe that no man ranks higher than me and no woman ranks higher than me except in their piety. Your stature must be pretty high since <laughs> your work is an act of worship. Then. I mean, I, you know, I appreciate that and, and, I, and I hope that, but I also know that judgment is with God. If I'm doing the work for the wrong reasons, if I'm insincere, if I'm mean to people when I'm doing the work, right? Like all of those things are things that I, I consider. And so um, I do this work in hopes of seeking God's pleasure, but not assuming that I have earned it yet. This also applies to? The prevailing stereotype about Muslim men is that they are oppressors. The prevailing stereotype of Muslim women is that they are the oppressed. People will want to save brown women from brown men. Um, and so Muslim women are seen as silent, as subservient, as not having any autonomy of, of their own and, and so on. When I asked her about her experience with harassment because of her religion, she recalled counter-protesters yelling things like, go back home at her when she attended rallies and needing to look over her shoulder wherever she went. Think of the unique challenges of being a female in a controversial and public role. And that has led me to, to take security precautions, to look over my shoulder, to be thoughtful about asking for um, an escort to my car if I'm at an event and, and living in a in a place that is secure and has cameras and gates and, and all of that other stuff. But she said the most frightening case was about a year and a half ago in December. December 2016 and involved someone mailing um, what turned out to be fake anthrax to the care office. Thankfully, 36 hours later, they found that no one had been harmed. But, you know, that person could have been sitting in their basement in Arkansas. Like, I, I don't know where they were. And we were, of course, very grateful that it was indeed fake, but we're cognizant that it is very easy to hurt people these days. Billu's job is stressful. So how does she relieve that? By baking. I've always had a sweet tooth. Baking has often been a source of comfort for me. I've baked casually over the years, but maybe five years ago, I remember as I was settling into this job thinking, my brain is always on and my brain is always thinking about civil rights and I need to think of a way to like get my brain to turn off. And so when I asked if she were to write a book, what she would call it and who she would dedicate it to, she said, I might do something like cupcakes and civil rights. I would dedicate the book to my parents. I credit God and them for who I am and the opportunities that I've had, as well as the ability to do the work that I do. Thank you to Zara Ballou for being my wonderful guest this episode. Thank you to my mentors, Vicky Trey and Ashley Westerman, for their help with the production. 
Thank you to Squarespace for hosting my website, hertimehascome.com. Special thanks to OfiSafe for everything, my dog Snowy for emotional support during late night editing, and the Nueva School for letting me use their equipment, space, and the freedom they allowed me to pursue my passions. <laughs>